Hello from Education International in Brussels. This is Ed Voices, a podcast of global education news and advocacy. EI is more than 400 teacher and educator unions and professional associations in 173 countries, representing 32 million members. Here's your host. Hello, my name is Abigail Mokra. Welcome to this Education International Ed Voices podcast. Today, I'm with two education union leaders from Zimbabwe. Sifiso Ndlovu and Raymond Majongwe. Sifiso, you are the Chief Executive Officer of Zimta, the Zimbabwe Teachers Association. And Raymond, you are the General Secretary of PTUZ, the Progressive Teachers Union of Zimbabwe. Both of your unions are involved in a project aiming at the creation of a child labor-free zone in Chipinge, in the Manikalan district of Zimbabwe. These projects are coordinated at the national level by two women, Angelina Lunga for Zimta and Hilary Yuba for PTUZ. How did your unions get involved in this project? Oh, thank you very much. Um, Zimbabwe Teacher Association got in, involved in this project through an invitation. This was after we were attended a cooperating uh, partners meeting in Brussels. And by then we were working with AFT. And one of the activities that we done with AT was on the issue of rights. And we felt it was going to be important, together with FTA at that time, that we extend our understanding of rights for children in particular, and that way would promote the universal rights for children. And this is how we came to buy into the project Child Labor. The Progressive Teachers Union of Zimbabwe had been a critical component of the Kaklas group at that time, a coalition that was working in Chirezi, under the Oma Stream project focusing on child labor. And when this EI project came about, it was easy for us to be integrated into the program owing to that requisite uh, relevant experience we had garnered and gathered over the years. And thus our involvement and participation in this project was just automatic. Can you explain what kind of actions or strategies you've been implementing to develop these child labor-free zones in Chipinge? The first strategy that we had to do was to create an enabling resolution, a resolution that will ensure that the Zimbabwe Child Association has got this for posterity as a policy matter. And eventually it could allow us to set aside a budget that would see Zimta contributing its own resources towards this project going into the future. So that was the first strategy that we, we adopted after we took up the project. Unfortunately, the Conferences adopted it, and it's now a Zimta policy that child labor becomes one of the core activities of the association. When we look at that strategy, then we say, now how do we proceed? We must proceed through the education program. Hence, this portfolio falls under our education and training officer because we have to educate members on the issue of child rights. So therefore, our strategy first was of creating a relevant policy and secondly, we have to do the training and education for our members to understand what child labor is all about in the context of education and eventually extend to the communities that we are working in. We created what we call the PTUZL Child Labor Desk the, the process was adopted at conference, at a special conference that was that we made 
and child labor as a concept is basically becoming calculated in our PTZ operations, save for the problem that we actually want EI to intervene, that the capacity building and the strengthening of the desk needs serious resources ultimately to make sure that it does not become just a desk that intervenes on problems or challenges when asked to do so, but it becomes a routine that it's, it's a program that basically becomes inculcated in all our structures that function, which means ultimately, as an organization, the issue of child labor has basically become a major issue. It's an issue that at every policy conference, at every Congress that we have, a report on child labor and the progress and challenges associated with it are debated. And we want to believe that it is one of the key areas that if we could get resources, it would help not only strengthen the organization, but also make sure that the returns to our members in the affected areas are realized. And we want to believe that the issue in terms of the buy-in on child labor is critical because it is one of the critical areas that the government and the region are focusing on. Because if you look at the SADAC as well as the other uh, goals that are, are, are seized in the country in terms of how development is going to happen, child labor and the issue of child rights and the girl child must continuously become inculcated and must remain discussion topics going forward. Could you describe the kind of actions implemented by the unions on the ground? Uh, the most important aspect here is to basically engage the societies and the communities. Because what we are talking about is a critical point first is advocacy. You can never go on and advocate on a project that is not understood by the communities. Which means the critical and the first important door that has to be opened is communities accepting that there is a concept called child labor which is affecting and is detrimental if allowed to live. Which means as an organization, we need to constantly engage the communities wherever that we wherever we're going to work, that they need to understand the concept, buy it and take and make it their own. So that it's like we are not imposing it on them, but they're actually able as local communities to realize the negatives of allowing such vices because the detri the detrimental effect will be seen when these youths get into adulthood. One, where they are irrelevant. Two, where they don't understand their backgrounds. And three, where they are uneducated and become a nuisance mm. to their own communities. Yes, uh, as a Muppet Shah Association, like I said, this program is under education and training. Mm. We are entering through our educators who now become our ambassadors in the communities so that we can educate the nation. That is our punchline motto. Our first stance, therefore, was to educate the teachers and ensure that they understand the concept of child labor. And eventually, we had to empower them through ICT training so that our communication strategies can be enhanced. Then our linkage with them, since shipping is quite some distance, could be easily facilitated through ICT. And that we have done. We've also done to, also the training of communities together with the teachers so that together they can receive the same information and they can propagate that same information to the community. So this is, has been the outreach strategy that we've had. Mm. So, so, so far we've run three workshops that have been helping us to communicate the issues around child labor and to propagate that knowledge. This is one of the few projects countering child labor involving the collaboration of two education unions from the same country. Could you describe the collaborative process? Yeah, yeah from my point, 
uh, let me give credit to the two ladies who have been spearheading. I think they take much of the credit. They, I think they have been ambassadors. And I think they have learned the art of diplomacy. At one stage, I've been even quizzing them. Are you trying to unite us? What, what, what are you working on? What is your project? But that's beside the point. What, what they've been doing is clearly to plan together and report back to the principals. And with the principal officers accepting the approach and the knowledge, we've been able to coexist. And that is the beauty of it, where we share knowledge by way of saying, you colleagues, you are taking up this component of child labor and these colleagues taking this component of child labor. That alone is creating a synergy of working together in a project despite that we are coming from divergent unions. And that is the plus that I've learned and how it has worked. Uh, probably you asked, how has it not worked? I think the principal officers have to show more political will towards it. Mm. That, I think, hasn't worked very well. And for PTUZ, Raymond, how would you describe it? The most important lesson here is basically that there could have been different ideological and political views on many other issues. But I think the lesson that the world has to learn is if you want to work together, two people who could be diametrically opposed can work together the moment they realize that on those few things that they can work together and agree upon, if they work on those, the results are positive. And we want to believe that Education International has taught us a lot. We were organizing that could have not necessarily worked together, but on this one, We've worked together, and like Mr. Ndove said, we picked one people who in themselves did not major on the broader issues that uh, created us or many other things. Their task is to work on child labor and child labor alone. And it has also helped us because once in a while, we have then engaged on other issues. So in terms of growth, in terms of the future, it is much brighter because now there are other things that we can actually meet and talk about because at the end of the day, the results are there. The symbiotic relationships that now exist, many of which ultimately come because we discover that we cannot do without one another. Because one task, it's like the left hand and the right hand. The moment is they are going to be carrying a chair, both of them have to participate because the chair has to be carried. So this is what has happened. And we want to believe that the two ladies have been instrumental. And we all also want to believe that those that want to learn, PTZ and the Zimta relationship is a good example through which we have been able to produce the results that either are positive or will not, will, will not will reflect to the world what we have done in the Chipinga region. And we want to believe more is actually possible. And we actually mm. anticipate that we are, we are going to be able to identify another region or another area where the same will actually produce better results. Like I said before, I think we have developed complementary actions more than competing actions. I think that is the beauty of the whole thing about the project. Yeah. Thank you. On the ground, did you coordinate your union's efforts or did your organizations work separately, complementing each other? Um, the child labor problems in the past have, have been those that have to deal with the tea estates. But because of government intervention, those have been minimized or completely eradicated. But now what we see as forms of child labor are children who are employed as domestic workers, are children who are heading cattle, children who are not coming to school because they have to engage in other activities, which are probably economic activities, which necessarily not, are not to be done by children. So we find that those forms of child labor.
we, we are yet to see a stronger manifestation of the the alluvial mining which is not as dry as it as in other areas which i think going forward as we were talking about expansion that is the area where we should be concentrating on but because we've got so yeah. many of our children in the alluvial mining uh, sectors what are the driving forces behind child labor issues in this area uh, part of the reasons border much is one basically being poverty mm. secondly being the issue of uh, the areas that are where, where ultimately you find out lack of education in terms of the capacities of the parents to understand that any child labor where no matter how much rewards it brings is detrimental in the suicidal to local communities because at the end of the day the moment people fail to realize that the child labor effect no matter whatever rewards it brings it impacts and negatively affects the future of the same children this is why at the end of the day you actually discover that unlike the the, the things that mr love has, has raised prostitution is one of them ultimately where you are looking at poverty ultimately taking root and the girl child becomes the next necessary victim apparently you also have the challenge of the area being very close to the mozambican border where ultimately these young kids also cross the border to do many other many other jobs across the border some of which will not be able to establish what exactly they are going there to do but it exists because the more you interrogate the communities you know that in in particular seasons the younger boys and the younger girls are found crossing the border either regularly or frequently to go and do many other things in mozambique as the people across the border decide for them what they are supposed to be doing but ultimately you actually discover that the more poverty becomes rooted in a particular area the more education and lack of inspiration in terms of the employment zones in the, the areas where you definitely discover that, that some of the people who are possible employers ultimately will not pay so much that the child the child labor concept or the, the children ultimately come into replace their parents and it has serious and drastic consequences on the futures of the same children as well as the communities mm -hmm. on a broader scale. Very good. Thank you, Sipiso Nlovu and Remy Mejongwe for taking the time to be with us and to share your perspectives about your joint work. To find out more about EI's advocacy work, our affiliates' activities, or other projects that aim to eradicate child labor, please visit our website at www.ei-ie.org. To get the latest global education news and advocacy, subscribe to Ed Voices on your favorite podcast app or anytime on SoundCloud. And as always, tell a friend, spread the word, and please give us a review on iTunes. Bye for now. Bye.